Cairo. Feast. Take a bite out of Dr. Jeff's wisdom so you can pay it forward. Come and get it. Cairo Feast is online and we are ready to serve. I've got something spicy for you today. Yes, spicy, I said. So today I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give myself a little dose of humility and uh, a little bit of vulnerability for you guys from me um, as I explain to you what happened to me yesterday and the lessons that I learned as a business person yesterday, the mistakes that I could have made, almost made, slightly made yesterday that led to a fantastic outcome. Not because of me, but in spite of me. So let's, let's kick it off. Let's get right down to the meat and uh, let's... Let's give you this spicy little uh, story that happened yesterday. And it, and it starts with the fact that yesterday was a Saturday. See, at, uh, at our clinic, uh, my main clinic in, in Burnsville, Minnesota, um, we are open on Saturdays. We are open from 8.30 to 9.30. Uh, we call it the hour of power. Uh, we'll typically see anywhere from 25 to 50 people during that hour, uh, leaks usually leaks over, you know, and we get done about a half an hour after that. So it's about an hour and a half of full adjusting time and whatnot. Um, our doctors are on rotation. So it happened to be a rotation where myself and Dr. Brian were, uh, were on the floor together. So the two of us were going to uh, take care of people. And it's this, this whole thing started, uh, or this story starts with the fact that uh, Rachel, our marketing uh, guru, our marketing coordinator and strategist, came up with a fantastic uh, program and plan. I had asked her to really consider what we can do to take advantage of our, our enormous file you know, pile of files that we have. We've got 20,000 patients that we've seen over the years and 26 years in practice, and uh, we need to reach them better. And I'm just not, I'm not good at that. And so I asked her to do that. And she came up with a great plan, and, and it's kind of a four-pronged ap- approach, and then it kind of stems off of that. But it, it involves actual snail mail <clears throat> postcards, and it, it involves emails, it involves uh, phone calls. Yes, the telephone. That smartphone you have in your hand actually makes phone calls, um, and it involves uh, texting. So it's kind of a uh, approach, and she followed through with this and created a great strategy and a great plan, and and we started implementing it. And she sent an email, and um, this email, uh, one of the emails, we ju- we just started this, like like we just implemented it. And uh, she replied, uh, this patient that the email went out to uh, replied very, very quickly to say, yeah, I'd like to get in to see uh, Dr. Jeff and when is he available? And she put the patient at the end of my shift 
on a Saturday. Now, in emergency situations and whatnot, that has been a spot, but not typically. I mean, we we don't typically take a new patient because it's a Saturday. We don't want to be there till noon or one o'clock. We want to get in, have our hour of power, see our 35, 40 people or so, and get off to our weekend and have a great weekend. And she put this person at the end of her shift. So she put the person at 1030. So now, you know, I, I told Brian, Brian, Brian's got a wife who's very, very pregnant. I said, Brian, you, you go home. I'll take care of Jenny. The gal's name is Jenny. Um, she's a reactivation. So she was a past patient, had not been in in uh, six years. So 2015 was the last uh, time she had been in. Uh, she was 24 at that time. She's 30 years old now. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, uh, I, I said I would take the patient uh, at the end of the shift at 1030. So there are times when you need to have a boundary and just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to break that boundary. If I, if I had to go home to be with the kids, uh, to relieve my wife, or to, uh, you know, if I had other plans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there's lots of reasons why I could have stuck to that boundary. But my kids are all out of town. Uh, my wife was working on a project of her own. So I knew I could take this patient. And so we added Jenny to the end of my morning shift, and we let Brian go home. Um, so here's, here's kind of the background of the person. So the person comes in, uh, Jenny at 1030, she's a nanny. Okay. So right off the bat, you could make a judgment about a 30 year old nanny. Okay. Um, you know, how much expendable income does she have? Um, she, uh, she's just married. So she just got married like four months ago, uh, 30 years old. It would have been real easy for me to not want to spend an hour, hour and 15 minutes with her. It would have been really easy to just uh, bring her over to a table, do a quick kind of spinal screening, ask her how she's doing, etc., why she's here, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe sell her a block of 10 visits that she can use, you know, as she wants. You know, get her adjusted and, and uh, out the door, you know. And that would have been quick, painless, easy. I could have done it very well. Uh, but I, I, I just felt in my gut that I needed to spend some time with her. So I said, you know what, Jenny, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you one better than the free re-exam that we offered you in the email. Um, I'm going to offer you free x-rays because it's been a long time. And I'd like to see how your spine's doing. Would it be okay if we took some x-rays of you um, on me? And she said, yeah, that would, uh, that would be great. And so off we went uh, into the back room, took uh, some x-rays, did a little exam back there, and got to know each other, got reacquainted. And as these pictures were starting to develop on the screen, uh, looked at those, and I said, wow. I'm glad you're here. Her low back was really curved and twisted. Her lumbar spine had this pretty strong scoliotic curve and twisting to it as well. And her neck was flat as a pancake, alordotic, uh, no curve to it. So I 
went into what I normally do, and I explained exactly what she could see on these pictures and did a, a full report of findings. I gave her the time. I wanted her to know what was going on. Um, she asked me a question at that point. She said, is this a problem if I want to have babies? Now, I'm going to give you a question that somebody else asked later that was also super intelligent, but this was a very intelligent question from a young lady who just got married who wants to have babies. And I went on to explain to her how the nerves in the lower back control and coordinate the reproductive organs and how the pelvis moves, shifts, and has to function normally in order to give birth quickly, safely, and effectively. And I said, yes. You know, when your spine is twisted like this, it does affect your ability to safely and quickly be able to have a baby. And um, I gave her some stories and some anecdotes of people that I've helped. Um, and honestly, and I can tell you this, um, my average, the average time that it takes from uh, when contractions begin to when they have a baby in their arms, if they've been under my, under my care their entire pregnancy... Um, my average time is an hour and a half, 90 minutes. That's how long it takes. And we've all heard the stories of 10, 12, 14, 16 hour labors where, where the spine is not able to, uh, control and coordinate everything that's going on. And the, the pelvis can't open, the sacrum can't move and, uh, the baby gets stuck and, and then forceps and vacuum extraction, all kinds of stuff. And so, um, I explained to her, if, if if people are under care, we get everything moving, functioning, so that things can happen as God designed them to happen. And so I explained all that to her, and I said, you know, and, and then we got talking a little bit about her husband, and she said, yeah, he's he's a painter. He's just starting his own business, um, and uh, he, he's a painter. He he, he came from uh, Romania, uh, actually, originally Moldova. And uh, he's Romanian, and um, and now he's in the United States and is trying to start up a company, and he's he's a painter, and so I said, oh, that's awesome, you know. Um, I'd love to I'd love to meet him sometime. I'd love to to take X-rays of him. And in fact, I'll tell you, I'll take free X-rays of him as well, if if you'd like me to. And you know, if he, if he has. If, if he has any questions about running a business or needs help that way. And we always have people that are looking for painters, so he can put his business cards up on our... We've got a board that holds 63 uh, different business cards. We can put his his cards up there, and that would be a great way for him to get business. And so we connected and, and talked about him, and and she was like, boy, I, I need to... I need to correct this. I need I need to do that. And I explained the full corrective process. And she was fully on board. And so we went and we got her adjusted and got her started on a plan. And as we were kind of wrapping up and doing the final paperwork and she was getting scheduled for the next uh, couple months and whatnot, because we, we schedule out um, a long ways, um, she said, you know, my husband's going to pick me up in a few minutes and I'll ask him. I'll see if he wants to get some x-rays. And I said, well, great. That would be wonderful. You know, I'd love to help him at any time. So that would be just great. I didn't expect anything of it. Um, I left her at the front desk to get her uh, schedule figured out with Leslie. And I walked 
upstairs in my clinic. Um, I was up in the break room where I was heating up my coffee that I didn't get a chance to drink earlier. So I'm heating up my coffee and I'm looking out the window, looking down onto my parking lot. And I see this young man pull up in a sparkling white, beautiful BMW. <laughs> so, and I, I had battled as I was doing the report of findings with this 30-year-old nanny and I'm battling in my heart. I'm like, man, I just want to give her a break on the fees. I want to, I want to, you know, and this is just, this is such a horrible thing for us chiropractors to go through. We care so much about people and we, we don't want it to be expensive. We don't want it to be a burden. We want people to start care, but I stuck to my guns and I just laid it out, laid out the plan as it was and the fees and everything. And and she asked about a payment plan and we we worked out a payment plan and, and got that all squared away. Uh, But I stuck to my guns and here he drives up. This is her brand new husband. Uh, young young kid, he's also like 29 or something like that, drives up in a, a white, perfectly clean BMW with fancy rims. And I was like, oh boy, you know, okay. that I, I just learned something there. So so I watch him walk in, jumps out of, jumps out of the, the car, um, uh, walks into the office, and I, and I continue to watch. About 15 seconds later, he walks back out, and then she walks closely behind him, and they get into the car, and it uh, looks like they're going to drive away. So I walk away, um, grab my coffee, and I go downstairs um, to get something else, and Leslie's at the front. She said, you know, she almost had him. Uh, she tried so hard, and I said, oh, well, tell me what happened. And she said, well, she said, "Hun, why, why don't you get x-rays? Dr. Jeff has offered free x-rays for you. No. Uh, no, not interested. And real thick Russian accent. Uh, not interested, you know, kind of like that. And uh, she said, oh, come on, you know, you know just, just do this. Get just checked, you know. This, it doesn't hurt you just to get checked. No. Three times she asked him. And the answer was still the same. No, no, no. And then he walked out the door. And that's what I had seen from up above, him walking out the door in front of her and then her kind of chasing behind him and then getting in the car. So I look at Leslie and go, well, at least she tried. That was a valiant effort. That was pretty awesome that she tried three times to get him to uh, get some x-rays. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at Leslie and I said, that's okay, you know, He'll be along sometime for an adjustment when she's getting an adjustment, and we'll get him. We'll get him in here, so don't worry. And so at that point, I walked back upstairs. I went into my my private office, started working on some paperwork. Literally like three minutes later, uh, Leslie pages me on the phone, and she says, uh, you know, just so you know, uh, Ion, his name is Ion. Ion is here. It's Jenny's husband, and he wants to meet you. So I'm like, Okay, well, that was a quick switch, uh, change of heart. But then my brain went to, oh, I bet they got into the car. And she probably said, you know, he can help you with business. He wants to put our business cards up on the board. Why don't you at least go and meet him and talk to him? So that's where I went in my head. Uh, So... I hustled down the stairs, and sure enough, there he is at the front desk with Jenny. And uh, and I, I go, I shake his hand, 
and get to meet Ion, nice guy. I said, you know, I'd love to help you anytime with your business. Uh, you know, we all are always looking for good painters, and here's the board right here. You know, I'll, I'll find a spot for you right on this board, and we can put your cards here. And he's like, oh, that's that's great. That's wonderful. Um, is it is it okay if uh, if I come in sometime for the x-rays? So I'd assume that he didn't want to do the x-rays or get checked. I just was going with the business thing, okay? So, so now he's asking, can I do this? And I'm like, well, of course you can, of course. Uh, you know, you know I've, I can give you a health pass and, and that'll uh, cover the x-rays for you at any time. And I, I offered to do that for Jenny and I would love to do that for you. And Jenny looked at me and she said, can you do it now? Okay, so now... You know, I just spent the last hour, hour and 15 minutes, something like that with Jenny. I look up at the clock. It's like almost noon now. And I'm and I looked quickly at the clock and this all went through my head very quickly. Here's my boundaries again being broken. And I'm like, of course, let's get it done right now. So she gets the uh, paperwork. She starts filling out the paperwork and we all, all three of us, then go back to the x-ray room. She's still filling out paperwork. I'm doing a brief exam. Then I start taking x-rays of him and uh, uh, get the pictures of him. And as soon as they start developing, I can see exactly what's going on with his spine. And I, as, as they're developing and we're done taking the pictures, um, I look over at him and I go, so when was it that you broke your ankle? And he looks at me and goes, how did you know I broke my ankle? And I said, well, there's something on the x-rays here that tell me that you probably broke your ankle or at least seriously sprained your ankle at some point. Um, and, and another thing to uh, realize is that this young man has no symptoms, like nothing. Like he didn't check one box. Uh, there was not one thing, no back pain, neck pain, headaches, no no nothing. I mean, no health issues, period. Ever been to the doctors? No. I mean, does nothing, right? And so not exactly motivated to be there, uh, but somewhat interested, I guess, enough to see these x-rays. And he looks at me like, I'm, like I've got three eyeballs or something like that because I just told him that he broke his leg and he never told me that. And he said, I was five years old when I, when I fractured my ankle. And I said, okay, well, let me show you what, how we know that. And looked up at his, his x-rays. He's got a significant short leg on one side. So one of his, one of his hips now. And the, so coaching moment for, for anybody that's listening that does a collimation where you have the least amount exposed. You know, the, the amount of radiation people get is so minuscule. Don't even worry about that. You want to see as much as you can see. So I expanded this view. So I actually got his hip sockets his entire pelvis and his entire lumbar spine all on the picture. And I do this intentionally. I have for years because if you just take lumbar spine, you're going to miss the pelvis. You're going to miss what go, what's going on with the sacrum. You're going to miss uh, what happens when there's a short leg or if there's a short leg. And she, he had a significant uh, short leg on one side. And so I said, look at where the level of this one hip is versus the other one. And now what I want you to see is what's going on with your pelvis. And literally one uh, ilium is like an inch higher than the other one. 
And now because your pelvis is so wonky, so crooked here, it's causing your lumbar spine to curve and twist. And I showed that to him. And he's like, but I, I don't have any back pain. I said, Ab- absolutely, you're a young, healthy kid. You know, you don't have that now. I can tell you that someday you're going to have problems with your back because of all of this going on. It's, it's, I, I can't tell you if that's going to happen next week or if that's going to take the next 30 years to develop, but you are going to have problems with this at some point. And the fact that we know about it now actually means we could get a jump on correcting this when you're young and healthy and you can live the whole rest of your life with, with a better spine, a more functional spine, and we're going to avoid having these problems down the road. So I went into my full uh, report of findings with him and talked to him about that. Um, I, I also showed him that he had a great curve in his neck. Okay, I, I, I told him about Jenny's neck, and we actually, uh, she took a picture with her phone, so she showed him how flat her neck is, and I said, now look at yours, you've got this great curve, see how nice your curve is in your neck, but look at what's happening with this top bone in your neck, see how it's kind of tilted like this, so that's one reason that I would be adjusting your neck, even though you've got this beautiful curve, you've got a lot of other really good things, so I put emphasis on some really good things in his spine, so he wasn't feeling like I was attacking him or beating him up, and really trying to quote unquote sell him on you know how terrible he was you gotta you gotta show people some things that are positive as well and so I had done that now he asked a question and I I told you earlier that she asked uh, uh, I, I think it was the only question that she asked was can I have babies with this problem in my back he asked a good question as well one question is his only question he said, well, how are you going to fix this when you can't make my leg longer? Okay, that's a really good question. So then gave me the opportunity to explain, okay, here's what we have to do and here's how we take care of this. Yes, we cannot make your leg longer. We can't put you in a bone stretcher that stretches the short leg or you know, we're not going to break the, the longer leg so that it becomes shorter. What we're going to do is we're going to um, add this small little piece of rubber. It's called a heel lift into your shoe. And that's going to bring uh, the, the short side up to a more even level with the other leg, which is going to help slowly cause your spine to kind of untwist. But before we can even do that, we've got to spend the next 60 days just getting your spine, your pelvis, your sacrum, uh, the lumbars, we've got to get all this moving and functional so that it, it, it accepts the change that we're going to implement with the heel lift. So we want it to, uh, if, we, if I just hand you a $10 heel lift and you stick that in there, your spine is not going to accept this because it's stuck, it's twisted, it's not moving well. We've got to get it moving. Then we can give you the heel lift. Then we can make some uh, long-term change. And this is going to be a correction for the rest of your life. I explained to him, you know, hey, you know, there's an opportunity for it for you right now because we, in our office, we add a family member, a second family member on for half price. So now's the chance. I mean, if, if you want to uh, correct this, we can do that. Uh, you can just jump on our plan for half price. And, um, you know, this, this would be the cost, blah, blah, blah. It's better than if two years from now you decide you want to fix this. It's going to be regular price for you. So, I mean, might as well get it done now. If you want to think about that, so I said, think about that, and uh, you know, uh, maybe you can come in with her 
down the road and, and let me know if you want to get started. That was the, one of the dumbest things I've said in 26 years in practice. That was so stupid. I, I, don't, I, I don't even know why I said those words, like, go home and think about this. What an idiot. Why am I saying that? He looked at me and goes, well, can I start now? I had, to, I had to have the patient tell me that he wanted to start now. Why didn't I just say, are you ready to get started? That's what I do with everybody else. For some reason, I say, go home and think about this and, and then see if you want to add on later. He said, is it okay if I start right now? And I'm like, of course it is. Let's go. Let's get you adjusted. So out the door we went over to a table. We got him adjusted. It went on the roller table. I showed him what the heel lift looks like. He was excited. He was pumped. He was like, I'm glad I'm doing this. This is great. And, and that was it. And those two people signed on for a $3,000 care plan that's going to change their lives. I mean, literally at the age of 29 and 30, this is going to change his life and make him functional as a painter and a business person. And it's going to change her life. She's going to, she's going to have better function of uh, the nerves coming out of her lower back to the reproductive organs. She's going to, her, their lives are going to change. Because a lot of things went right on a Saturday morning in spite of me and in spite of lots of different things. So let me give you a list here of the different mistakes. And, and some, sometimes I, I, when I'm coaching other chiropractors, uh, um, you know, I say, you know, chiropractic is so easy. It is so easy to build a practice, but there are so many ways to screw it up. So many ways that you can just make mistakes that will derail the growth of your practice. And let me give you the list just from this Saturday morning. These are the things that could have gone wrong that would have kept me from growing this my practice, um, but they, they didn't happen. I could have poo-pooed the idea of this reaction, reactivation plan that Rachel put together. I could have said, no, you know, nobody reads emails anymore. I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but it wasn't a text that got her to come in. It was an email. Do we think that uh, 29, 30-year-old people read emails? Let me tell you, she did. She did. And she called immediately for an appointment. So I could have poo-pooed the whole reactivation plan that Rachel put together and said, no, I only want something that's going to deal with texting. But no, I didn't poo-poo it. I could have held tight to the boundary that I currently always have regarding taking a new patient on a Saturday morning. So I could have said, no, I'm not going to take a new patient. But I made the exception. I could have not taken x-rays. I could have just done that um, brief spinal screening that would have taken me like five minutes and then gotten her adjusted and sold her a package of, of 10 visits. I could have done that, but I didn't. I could have given in to my heartstrings when I was developing a plan and given her extra discounts and incentives or whatever, but I did not give in to my heartstrings and I held firm. I, I could have not talked about her husband as I was taking her x-rays and I was asking her, tell me a little bit about your husband. What does he do? And I could have not done that connection part, which is so important in growing a practice. I could have just taken the x-rays and just flew through it. But I took the time to actually get to know her and get to know about her husband. I could have not offered to help him by putting his business cards on the board or, or by saying to her that, 
you know, I would love to help him with business. If he has any tax questions or anything like that, I'd be happy to help. I could have not done that. I could have not offered free x-rays for him, but I did. I could have not taken him as a new patient when he said, well, can, can I do the x-rays now? I could have, it was noon already. I could have said, well, you know, I've got, I got to get on with my weekend, but um, let's set up for, for another time. And he probably wouldn't have shown up, but I didn't. I took him right then. I said, great, let's go. I could have not connected with these guys. I could not have uh, talked to him about uh, where he grew up um, in Moldavia and, and learned a little bit about his Romanian heritage and the fact that he speaks Russian and he speaks uh, Romanian and he speaks English fantastic. I mean, and got to know him, okay? I could have not done that. I could have been in a hurry, and then I could, man, I almost blew it when I said, you know, go home and think about it. But I, I said, yep, yeah, let's get you started right away when he said, can I start right now? Because it took me another 20 minutes to train him on how to set up the roller table each time and what to do each time he walks in the door and to get him adjusted and do all of that, okay? I mean, when I was done with all of this, it was probably 1.15, so my morning where I should have been out the door at 10.30, now it's 1.15. And I could have not stuck to my guns on our price. But I did. I stuck to my procedures and I stuck to my guns. I stuck to my heart and I avoided this landmine, this field full of landmines. I just mentioned to you probably a dozen different ways. Let me look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. I wrote them down uh, in preparation to write this. Eleven different landmines that I avoided and got a young family, husband and wife, that they're clearly going to have some kids and I'm going to get those kids in and we're going to raise this family on chiropractic. And yes, they made a financial commitment and they've got a tight community. The Russian community is super tight. I'm going to get a bunch of referrals from them. They're, we're going to change that entire community. All because I avoided these landmines where I could have made mistakes. And vulnerably, I will tell you that it, it was in spite of me. In spite of you know, the things that were going through my head, I made the right decisions and did the right actions. And when all was said and done, Leslie got done you know, doing all the... Uh, payment stuff. They uh, put a down payment of like 750 bucks on the plan, set up all their appointments for the next, uh, I think, 90 days. Got all of that done. And she looks at, me, looks at me and she's like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> and that's what it takes. That's what it takes to grow a practice is you have to avoid those landmines. You got to speak from your heart. It's got to be so ingrained in you to tell the story of chiropractic and how it can change lives and for you to lay it out there to bleed to sweat to grind to make it happen that's how you grow a practice and if you're listening to this um, podcast episode and you're not a chiropractor this is exactly exactly the same thing in every other business i don't care if you're an orthodontist or a mechanic or a tax account, I don't care what it is. You can apply all of these things, these procedures, your explanation, your story, 
you're not not having a narcissistic attitude about a reactivation plan that was put together. Your boundaries, doing the steps you need to, taking the x-rays, etc. All the different steps that you have to do in order to best help the patient, to best help your client. Apply all of these to your business because this is the same in every business. So this is what I learned on a Saturday morning, 26 years after I graduated chiropractic school. I'm still learning and I'm still humbled by my own ineptitude at times. So learn from this. Always stay hungry. Stay hungry, my friends, because we can always learn and always, always pay it forward. Cairo Feast.